0: This show is brought to you in part by Temple Sporting Goods, powered by AdCraft. For more information on creating great gear for your team, contact them at 563-243-1304 or at templessports.com. Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe and John Cooper here for yet another episode of the NAIA f podcast. We are joined tonight by lindsey wilson head coach chris oliver uh coach how you doing this evening
1: hey i'm doing well i appreciate you guys having me in glad to be back this year
0: hey uh we are uh we're happy to have you back on um you know i we were we were definitely watching uh lindsey a lot last year um you know on that collision course with cumberlands at the end of the year i know Mm -hmm. uh we couldn't wait um for it but um you know, y'all make it all the way to the semifinals. Um, you know, against against Marion and and you drop one drop one to Marion. But uh, just just talk about uh, last year a little uh, a little bit. And what what you might have learned out of that?
1: Well, you know, we had a we had a great year and you know we lost to a great football team and a great program up at Marion and you know that was an outstanding game and our kids, you know, I couldn't be prouder of how we played in that game and just how we went through the season. You know, one of the most challenging parts of the year was trying to keep our kids focused because these guys from uh, NAIF, ball kept talking about the upcoming LWC and Cumberland's game when we were like, you know, we were like five weeks from that game. And, and, you know, social media wants to talk about the the impending game in in week 10 or week 11 or whatever. But, uh, you know, obviously in our conference we play – we play really good football teams week in and week out, but you know it was a great season, and you know our, our kids did did an awesome job. We overcame a lot of adversity, and I know I don't think there's ever a team in football or college football that's able to win a championship that doesn't overcome adversity. Obviously, that's the difference when we talk about just injuries and the things that go on throughout the course of the season and having to to get over some of those hurdles. And I thought our kids did a great job of that, and it was an outstanding season. Obviously, we wanna we wanna win a national championship, and that's always been the goal in our program. Uh, you know, we just finished our tenth year, and I feel like we're getting closer to that. We're not quite there yet, um, but I am proud of, of how our kids did uh, last year, and, and uh, you know, proud of, of what they achieved.
0: Coach, if you um, if 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 you referred to us any at all in the season and told them to flush it, I'll consider that <laughs> a win. Uh,
1: I I might have referred to some things that were out there uh, in vague terms. Uh, And, you know, I mean, I think coaches, players, fans uh, within our sport, within our level appreciate, you know, when when we get coverage and when coverage is well done. And you guys have filled a void there. So I think there's a lot of people within our sport that are naturally uh, looking for those things week to week, and that's a credit to you. So when you guys come out and you're, and you're talking about um, you know who, who's off the radar and playing well and, and you put a team up there, players, I mean, that's great. That's great for, for those kids and those teams, whether it's LWC or not. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a, we reached a point in the season about week six or seven, and, and you guys were talking about the... The uh, LWC Cumberland's game uh, for about four or five weeks before it, it came out, so we had to we had to put uh, that enthusiasm down a little bit within our program <laughs> here and there. You know, our, our kids are listening, and it's
2: fun, Coach. Uh, I'm I'm glad that's the best compliment we could get. But uh, let's let's talk more about you guys. Uh, you're, you're talking about uh, um, you know a, a bluegrass opponent. You know, I don't want to know. You know, you guys have had major success just in state that, um, you know, NAIA football in Kentucky is absolutely a prestigious thing with all the programs that are around. And you guys have been king so far. How many games have you guys won in a row against in-state opponents? And just talk about Um, maybe the little.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head in a row. Uh, One of our coaches sent me a graphic idea the other day. Um, So I I, I do know off the top of my head, I think it's like 27 out of 28 games over the past six years, I believe. I'm not sure how many it is in a row, but you know, this is a, this is a great state for college football. Uh, We don't have a lot of population uh, in Kentucky on the spectrum, but we've got a lot of college football at this level. I think there's eight or nine NAI football playing institutions. So we're very saturated from that standpoint. So it makes for a lot of national rivalries. I mean, you know, we're, we're 18 miles away from Campbellsville, so we've got a great rivalry there in all of our sports, but then, you know, we're not that far away from, from Cumberlands and, and Union and Pikeville and Georgetown and, and those other schools, so there's just some natural rivalries that come in conferences like this, and I know there's a few other conferences within the NAIA landscape that are like that, and man, that's a lot of fun when you're going against teams that are Kind of right in your backyard and, and then you end up recruiting against all those schools uh, an awful lot. Um, so there's a lot at stake when you have games like that. And it's fun to play in a conference that gives you those types of opportunities.
0: Coach, um, on um, a couple days ago, earlier in the week, we were we were talking with uh, Coach Foos from Madonna and, yeah. and I was just thinking about, you know, uh, there there's a couple of them out there now that have come off of the Lindsey Wilson tree, um, you know. Talk to me about replacing coaches and and going through uh, that process.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a challenging thing. Um, I'll I'll be the first to tell you. You know, I'm I'm still a fairly young head coach. I was really young when I was hired here when, when Dr. Lucky gave me the opportunity to 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 start this program. But you know, I'm I'm only thirty eight. I'll be thirty nine uh, before. Uh, we kick off next fall. Uh, and We've been here, like I said, 10 years, and I've grown a lot during that time in a lot of ways. I've made a lot of mistakes, I think, early on. Uh, you know, when I was a 28, 29, 30-year-old head coach, that was a challenge for me uh, when coaches would, would move on. I, I I don't think I handled it very well. I think I'm at a spot in my career now where I appreciate it a lot more. Uh, you know, I just... Uh, understand as part of the process and and root for those guys to go out and do that so you know i'm just being transparent with you and you know we're not growing uh just like we ask our players to grow you know we as coaches grow and that's an area where i think i wasn't great about that early on but you know we're at a point now where um you know we went to nashville for the national convention last year and you know we did a 10-year coaches reunion from guys that you know had been on our staff over the years and and that were all over the place and man what, what a fun night that was and just getting together. But, yeah, we got Brian Foose, who's a head coach at Madonna. Mike Otilius is a head coach at Catholic University. Um, We've got, you know, guys at, you know, Pat Doherty is the special teams coordinator and assistant head coach at Ball State. And, you know, Skip Rabinick is the DFO at Iowa State. And we got guys up and down uh, all over the place at every level. Um, And and that's a pretty neat thing. And the, the, the further I get into this, uh, the more I appreciate those relationships, but then, you know, the business side of of this, when you're at the quote unquote small college level, um, you know, when you when you're really successful, like we've been fortunate to be, you know, keeping coaches around for a long, long time is is a rare thing because you know they're going to get other opportunities, and a lot of guys are looking for for those opportunities and looking to hire people off of great staffs. Uh, and, and I think we've we've been fortunate to have a lot of great assistant coaches who have been very marketable. So you know, those guys often get opportunities, and we appreciate the time that they put into our program and, and what they help us build. Uh, but then because of that success, we're often able to you know, turn around and hire other good candidates. And then the really cool thing for us as a program is that, you know, our first few years we didn't have any alums who were good coaching candidates. I mean, we just didn't have any football alums, period. Uh, now we're at a point where you know we have a few members on our coaching staff who graduated from LWC who played for the Blue Raiders, and uh, now they're back coaching for us on our staff. So that's a really neat thing that you know we have now in year ten. That you know back in year two, three, four we didn't even have that opportunity. Coach, uh, you know you talk about
2: the how it was for you building that program right when you started. Um, What I want to know is, uh, how's the living in Columbia for your kids in Kentucky? You know, we talked about, I think you guys were getting a cookout or something? Yeah, we've we've Um, got got a cookout on the way. That's big. Tell me me what it's like being in Columbia. I know you guys are kind of isolated out there, but you you guys have some stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're small-town
1: USA, and, you know, when we recruit, uh, we pull kids from every type of demographic that you can think of. I mean, we have we have rural kids, uh, we have inner city kids. I mean, we have everything on our roster. Now, the big thing for us is when we go out and recruit. You know, we have to make sure that we are selling the right things about you know being a student athlete at LWC, and we want to be very honest. We want to. Be, guys to understand what the priorities are here in our program and in our school and we have to find the right type of fit uh, for our program and and i think over the years we've done a better job of that that's led to a lot of our success Uh, but you know you have to find that right type of young man who wants to come into a small town atmosphere who wants to be in a small college atmosphere and understand that if you step onto our campus and you commit to your academic Lifestyle and that experience, and you are serious about football and being a great student athlete, and then you want to grow as a man. I mean, if you're committed to doing those three things, then you're going to fit in really well at our program and in our town. Now, there's some other guys, and and, you know, I'm not talking bad about this, but like if going out to the club on Thursday night is the biggest aspect of you making a college choice. Columbia, Kentucky is probably not going to be the best fit for you, and we're okay with that. Um, so, for us, it's about finding that right type of fit, it's about being very upfront with young men when we go through the recruiting process, finding young men and families who want to be a part of a great campus community in a small town where there's a ton of support, and where, you know, we're the big show in town and people appreciate that. So. You know, you have to come at that from a from a realistic standpoint. you got to make sure that people understand what they're getting into. And, and when we do that and when we get aligned, you know, we can be really successful. But uh, I tell you, we're looking forward to the cookout. We've got a few other, uh, you know, good restaurants here in town, but uh, our guys are fired up about that one uh, getting finished here soon as well.
0: Coach, I, I asked um, Coach Foos this question. Um, you were the other coach kind of, Keeping um, or going along with the teams at the national championship game. Yeah. Um, he covered Morningside. You covered you covered Marion. Um, one that must have been kind of odd for you, and and kind of and kind of cool. Um, just this sort of, uh, you know, watching them play in person, and a couple weeks later, getting to see how they do the day to day. And I and I know as a coach, you're always learning. Uh, what was one thing that you kind of took away from? How Marion did things that that uh that you saw?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I just give it, your listeners just a quick background on, on how that happened. Even uh, you know, I, I currently serve as the president of our National Football Coaches Association. So we have a two-year term, and there's you know, first VP, second VP, all that stuff. So within our officers group, we cover what's called a games committee role. You know, for that national championship game. So I had known for about. 18 months that it was my turn to go to the national championship to go through grambling. Now, if we made the national championship, they would have replaced me. So that was, we had a, we had a contingency plan. Um, but little did I know that, you know, when we went there, we would end up, um, you know, going and, and watching firsthand the team that we had lost to the week before in a, you know, Great national semifinals game. So it was a little bit brutal, you know, on the ego to go back down there and, and do that, you know, a, a week after that game. Uh, a little bit of cruel unusual punishment, I think I described it as. But, you know, that being said, it was a great experience. And I volunteered. I said, you know what? I need to be with Marion. And so we just game planned for him and spent a week uh, studying them a lot and, you know, didn't want to be with that opposing team uh, more during the week. Not that, you know, Coach Ryan or Gochek or whatever do anything you know anyway, but just felt like that was the better the better option for all of us. Um, and I was just impressed with how Marion went about their business. You know, I, I was able to watch their practices from afar to to escort them around, and I saw a little bit of Morningside there as well. And you know, just two first-class programs and, and the way that they go about their business. It was interesting to see some differences in those programs and and how they ran things and how they conducted uh, you know, themselves. And neither good nor bad, just differences in those things. It was interesting to see the you know, the physical makeup of those two teams and, and kind of which you know team was more physically impressive and which team, you know, kinda of operated differently in practice. So I was just really impressed with the business like attitude of Marion and you know, it was certainly it was two great football teams that played in that national championship game. Coach, is your fundamental philosophy uh want to
2: continue to be the exact same, how you guys are on the offense and defense, um, you know, how how you run your offense and your defensive fronts, or is there going to be any little shift or changes this year? Well, we were getting ready to switch to the triple option uh, (laughs) in spring football,
1: uh, but but since we lost spring football, we're just going to have to stick with being an 11 personnel uh, type of team, I guess. Um, No one one would – you in Cumberland, then? No, I, I don't think we're going to have any significant changes. I mean, obviously, you're always looking for ways to get better. You're always looking for those wrinkles and things that you can improve upon and how you can, you know, further, uh, you know, magnify the, the positives that you have and maybe cover up some of those other areas where you're, you're not as deep. So, you're always looking for those things as a coach, but I don't think we're going to see any significant changes for. And, and what we're trying to achieve—just trying to do it better—and find those those wrinkles that fit our style.
0: So, going off of that, um, you know, talk to me a little bit of, about your guy that's that's taking snaps, um, and and a little bit about what uh, what you're looking forward to what Cam Duke um, brings this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Cam's a special player, and you know, going into his fifth year, and he'll be working on his masters and. Uh, You know, great young man and great student, and, you know, obviously he's a talented guy and everybody knows that, Uh, but when you have a young man, whether it's Cam or anyone who, you know, is committed to uh, getting it done in the classroom and and then, you know, comes into a a meeting and you can be installing, you know, spring football, I'm trying to do the math real quick in my head, I mean, that would be probably the eighth full installation that he had gone through. During his time here, if you just count fall, spring, fall, spring all the way through, you know, and he goes into a meeting like he's never heard it before. I mean, he's taking notes like you are installing it for the first time he's ever heard it. And that's the way that he attacks. Uh, how he studies the game. And, you know, he's not the only guy in our program to do that, but, you know, he certainly sets the tone for how you prepare. Uh, So he's a fun guy to coach, you know, and then he's very talented and he's athletic and he can cover up, you know, bad calls. Uh, You know, when the head coach makes a bad call, uh, you know, it's fun to have players that can can cover up those mistakes. And Cam is one of those guys that can do that and, you know, can go out and make those special plays. So, you know, when you've got a guy like him, uh, at the quarterback position, you've got a chance to win you know, every game, and, and I think our guys understand that and rally around him. And, you know, he's a leader, and, and, but he sets the tone with the way that he works.
0: Coach, um, in uh, this kind of elongated uh, period without football, you all have um, kind of done something fun um, with your uh, rapid fire video interviews on Twitter. Talk to me a little bit about how that, that came about. Yeah, we, uh, I'm just going through
1: the, the week that everything really happened. I think, you know, March 11th is the date that everybody points at. You know, it was the, the NBA night where they postponed the NBA. And, you know, President Trump had a, you know, kind of a first serious press conference in and, and Tom Hanks. It was all that same night. Um, we were on spring break that week. So we were gone and we were not with our guys. So by the end of that week, you know, we had pushed to two weeks of online, um, and then, you know, obviously things happened very fast, and, and we, as well as just about every other college in the country, moved to fully online for the rest of the semester. So we really didn't have any closure with our guys. We didn't have a, you know, we didn't get to have a team meeting. You know, they kind of trickled back to campus and cleared out the dorms on their own, um, you know, spread out purposefully so that we didn't bring them all back at the same time, Um so you know, for us, we, we quickly as a coaching staff, getting into that first week of class after spring break, we, we said, all right, we got to figure out how we transition to online. How are we communicating with our guys? How can we help them get situated as much as possible to this new normal? Uh, and then we quickly turned the page to okay, let's talk about how can we connect with them. All right, so we've we got the nuts and bolts of how online classes are going to work. You know, how can we connect to them more? So really when we started doing that it was it's less about twitter and the social media and actually more about you know sending that to our team and allowing teammates to see uh their other teammates you know across the board and and see maybe a little bit different side of them but also you know be fed with some positivity and those things and you know we said hey you know we're sending it out on our team messaging uh thing and we can put it on you know twitter and kind of two birds with one stone type of thing. So really, it's it didn't start about social media and promotion. It started with communicating with our team and keeping our team together as much as possible in a different manner. Uh, and it's turned into a cool thing. I think we've done 20 of them. Um, it's, it's neat for me. I've seen other programs across the country. I've seen other high schools in Kentucky. Like, this thing sort of caught on. I'm not saying we, we created it, but, man, we were one of the first ones to – kind of do something like that right out of the gate. Um, and, and now there's a lot of programs across the country doing something very similar. And, and you know, it's cool to, to, to be one of the ones that did that right up front. And I, I think our kids have enjoyed it. I know I've really enjoyed it.
2: Coach, uh, you know, not to put you on the spot here, but I am curious with all that's going on, um, you know, say everything, and I, I seriously doubt it does, but I'm not going to ask you about that. But say everything just went back to normal magically by August. How long do you think it would take to acclimate your guys to be game ready? Yeah, that's
1: a great question. And you know, it, it's it's mid-April now, so you know we'll look back on this conversation. And you know, I don't want to sound silly or, or you know out of touch. You know, when we when we look back in hindsight, but you know we're in a program we don't have a lot of our guys who stay around. Uh, over the course of the summer. Most of our guys are off campus during the summer. They're you know closer to their homes, they're, they're working summer jobs, uh, doing different things in addition to working out. I know there's the full spectrum of, of colleges at the NAI level with how many student athletes are typically around campus working out on campus over the summer. But we're not a program that typically has a lot of that. So the normal for us, is coming into camp in early August and, one, relying on what those guys have done over the summer, but also making sure that, you know, part of our training camp is getting us physically ready, not just X's and O's ready, but physically ready for that first game. So this is like an extended summer for us. I mean, that's that's the way it feels. Uh, You know, and I, I think what we do is definitely meant to be done in person and not from a distance. But when we show up, let's say, you know, things clear up and we start on time, when we show up in early August, it will have a longer-than-usual feel in summer, but it's not going to be completely different than what we always do. So, I mean, for me, in our program, if we can come into camp in early August at the same time we normally do, we'll be ready to go physically by by game one. Uh, I understand that, you know, when you're a coach – who is more used to having you know 50 or 60 guys around all summer, or if you're at the FBS level and you have 85 plus guys who are working with your strength coach all summer, you know those guys are a little bit more concerned because they don't know you know how is this is going to come together uh, for them because that's not the norm. Uh, you know Matt Campbell at Iowa State was was asked that question in a press conference about seven or eight days ago. And he said, you know, he comes at it from a different perspective because he used to coach at the Division Three level. He said the same thing. He said, you know, we were Division Three, We didn't see our guys all summer. And we came in in August, and, and somehow we were still ready to go for Game 1. That's a little bit more of my mentality. So I'm not making any predictions necessarily about when we as a country or, or you know, college football will be ready. Obviously, I'm hopeful we're, we're ready on time. But I'm pretty confident that if we do come in in early August, you know, for us and our program, we can be ready to go you know, week one.
0: So last question before we let you go, Coach, we're going to step back in the Wayback Machine just a little bit for, uh, for a minute. Um, 2001, you were a student assistant for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I um, yep. want you to just tell me kind of the, the one big impression
1: uh,
0: that Jim Tressel. Uh, left on you,
1: just extremely detail oriented. I, I've never been around anything uh, from an operation standpoint that was like being around Coach Stressel at that time. And I think in a lot of ways, even though he was he probably viewed as a very conservative coach, conservative play caller, uh, in some of the things that that program did from a detail standpoint, from a culture standpoint, I think there were a lot of things behind the scenes that were way ahead of their time. And some of those things that people are talking about, you know, uh, right now, uh, from a culture standpoint, those things were ingrained there. So that's the big takeaway for me, is just a de- attention to detail in, in every aspect. It was extremely impressive, and it you know had a lasting impact on me in my career and how I view. Uh, a lot of things within our program.
0: Well, coach, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on the f Ball Show. Um, we appreciate you coming back on for a for a second year, and we, uh, you know, we're going to be watching uh, the Blue Raiders uh, this year as we get some football going on.
1: Yes, sir. We we appreciate uh, all you guys do, and, and thanks for having us back. And we'll keep up the great work.
0: Thanks, coach. Have a good night. Hey, guys. Corey here. If you enjoy our show and the coverage of small college football we provide, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash NAIF ball. Doing so, you help support small college football media coverage. For the next 20 or so $3 patrons, we will send you a limited edition holographic NAIF ball sticker. These are gorgeous, and we only have a limited amount to send out. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash and become a patron today.